Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about planning for flow. Planning for flow. What does it mean and how do we do it and why should we do it if we should do it at all? So let's uh, get down to it. Flow experiences, what are they? How do we know if we're in a flow experience? Well, one way is that it kind of feels as if whatever you're doing happens almost magically. It's as if your body is going through the motions. You don't have to think about it. You may feel a sense of uh, -of out-of-body experience almost. You may feel a sense of uh, disassociation, and it's a pleasant sense. It's not scary. It's, it's, it actually feels pretty amazing. It's as if you can do no wrong. Everything is just working out in your favor. Everything is going. Time is flying by. It feels like you can do anything. Okay, So it's a pretty amazing feeling. And now, when you're in the moment of a flow experience, there's um, kind of an awareness sometimes of it, and sometimes there isn't. Sometimes you're just going with it. You're just having so much fun. You're so lost in the moment that you look back and only in retrospect realize that you had been in a flow state because you were so fully engrossed in the thing that you were doing. And so this concept of looking back and recognizing flow is an important one for me because what I started to look at as I was looking at these kind of more what I'll call meta flows is that sometimes in the moment, the thing seems like a challenge. So there's the flow state, the flow experience, which is the one that I think most people talk about and write about. And it's, uh, you know, there's been a lot of research and getting into flow states and, you know, how um, peak performance and, uh, you know, these kind of things. And I have plenty of products in the shop about helping you get into these flow states and these flow experiences. Three Steps to Flow is one of the programs that's kind of the uh, foundational one, in my opinion. And then there's others. Um, The flow that I'm talking about right now is a bigger, uh, uh, yeah, again, kind of a more meta, bigger level of flow because it is a general flow of life, I would say. So there is the environment around you, and there are the experiences that you have, and there are the perceptions that you have or don't have around those experiences. So is the glass half empty or is it half full? Is this um, something that will help you in life or hurt you in life? The, the way you interpret things can add to your flow. And so something that if we're looking back on a certain experience, we might, the the experience and the mindset that we're in as we're looking back can color the experience that we had in the past. So we might look back on something and in the moment it was, you know, maybe a really tough time, right? And then as we reflect upon it, we say, man, you know, we might, it might make it sad. It might be like, man, that was really tough times. Uh, that was a really bad situation. And it might put us back in that mood or we might, you know, feel some of those same feelings. 
So there's that kind of reflection, right? Uh, then alternatively, we could look back and say, wow, I'm glad I lived through that. I'm stronger now. I'm better. I'm faster. And I learned because of that, you know, now I do things this other way. And it has worked out so much more magically. If I would never gone through that rough experience, I never would have figured out how to do it this new way. And so I see that that was all part of the bigger whole of my uh, positive improvement and gains, right? So that kind of reflection, how do we spin it? Now, some of us might be thinking, well, gosh, that's you just make it up as you go. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying, actually, is that we kind of make it up as we go, whether we realize it or not. And to the extent that we realize it, well, then we can start to get more into flow, <laughs> right? So if we look back on these things and say, like, oh, my life sucks because of that, or oh, things are tough because of this thing or whatever – well, okay, yeah, we're right, right? Henry Ford said something like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so it's kind of this idea that you create your own experience. And the way you look at things impacts the way you respond to them, right? And if we are in the practice or the habit of looking at things in a, what I'll say is a negative light or a poor me or a, you know, glass is half empty kind of light, then that's going to affect the way that we act and react as a result. And that's going to produce more things probably that are glass half empty type things that we can say, oh, we'll see, you know, I knew it wouldn't work out. Like, oh, I was, uh, you know, I've had bad luck ever for since this one thing happened or since always and you know, that's just the way it is, and uh, I have no control over it, I'm a victim, and you can hear how this kind of line of self-talk would, where where it's going to play out to, right, it's going to just keep happening that way, probably nothing is going to change, and even if it did, even if something magical and awesome happened, that person who has that kind of self-talk going on would probably write it off as a once-off, like, oh yeah, that thing happened, that was great, but you know, that will never happen again. That was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Oh, it wasn't really that great because, look, now I realize how much I don't normally have of that awesome thing. So it, it could always be spun back into a negative, right? And how do I know? Because that's kind of the voices I used to have in my head were all those negative ones that found fault with everything, that found lack in everything. And then when I started learning that, hey, I actually I can kick those negative voices out and with practice put in new positive ones that are more awesome and more like cheerleaders then guess what that started happening and then those voices would look at the same situation and say wow well look we still have a glass half full of this wow look because of this thing this other amazing thing happened wow because of that then uh you know i, I know this is gonna this could happen again right and it starts looking for the positive sides of that same exact coin same exact thing, right? And that is a really, really powerful practice to become, if you're not already aware of self-talk and of affirmations and uh, just the chatter, the mind chatter that happens, right? That's not you. That's actually not you. you. I'm guessing you already know that, and that's part of why you listen to podcasts, but if you don't, this could be huge for you. And realizing that that voice and the voices in your head are not actually you can be incredibly freeing. Because they are just programs. They're like little annoying chatterbox programs that just like chatter on. And if you listen to them, then you may believe them. You may, uh, you know, 
believe them about yourself. You may believe that about the world around you, about the experiences you're having. And if they support you and they make you feel awesome, great. To an extent, right? They could be narcissistic and uh, really like too much. They could be, oh, I'm the best and everybody else sucks. Ah, you know, I do. I'm smarter than everybody, and everybody else is stupid. You know, it could it could be out of control too. It could go. There's extremes with these things, right? And then there's the awareness of the thing as a separate voice in our heads, as an ego, as a chatter, as a monkey mind. And we can put that monkey mind in its place, recognize it for what it is, and allow it to just kind of fizzle out. And if we stop giving it energy then we can tune into more of our true self, our deeper self, the quiet self, the observer, as it's sometimes referred to, the silent observer of that monkey mind. And as we practice that, that becomes a more natural state for us. And so we can have these different voices fighting for our attention in our minds. And if we get sucked up in it, well, then maybe we have an ego trip. Right, We ride the ego, and the ego is going to do whatever it's going to do, whatever it's been programmed by our you know, upbringing, our society, our culture, our friends, our peers, our you know, colleagues. It's going to act and react in ways that are deemed acceptable by our circles. Okay? And to the extent that we recognize that, then we can consciously choose whether or not we want to continue with those or not. And even if we sometimes recognize them, it doesn't always mean it's easy to change, right? If it's a habit, it could be deeply ingrained in us. It could be a, a deeply held um, core part of our what we consider to be our being, ourself. Well, if I didn't do this thing, I wouldn't even be me. How could I? How could I ever stop doing that? That is who I am. It is what I am, right? If we identify with the thing, with the action, with the habit, with the attitude then it could be very difficult to change it because the ego, it's the death of the ego. And the ego is going to fight tooth and nail to keep itself alive. We might experience, and if you've ever heard, I'm sure you have, the phrase born again, right? Some religions have like a born again thing where they re, or a baptism, where they uh, re-give themselves to God, right? They're born again in this new faith. And I think that's a pretty interesting phrase, you know, to be born again, because if we think about it in terms of killing our ego, then what what comes next? If we're still here, right? The ego is dead, but part of us is, in a sense, born again, I think you could say, without the religious uh, context. And that could be pretty powerful, I think, for some of us, for a lot of us probably, right? So planning for flow is in a sense recognizing, I think, these bigger flow cycles and recognizing the opportunity to tap into them. So for instance, if I know that every so every day, like I have things that I do on a daily basis, Right, I have daily habits. I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna take a shower. I'm gonna brush my teeth. I'm gonna read my book. I'm gonna, um, you know, say hi to the kids. I'm gonna drive the kids to school. These kind of habits. Okay, well, th there are levels of awareness I could give to this daily routine, and most of the time, most of it's gonna be on autopilot. So, what kind of habit habits 
and rituals and routines have I built into my morning routine? Well, reading is one. I didn't always read in the morning, but I realized that it's very important. It sets my mind up for the day, helps me learn and get sharp, and so I've developed a habit around that. So I have a Kindle, so I don't have to always be looking for new books. I can just buy it right then and there, and I'm good to go for my next book. I have books in the queue, so I know what books to buy next. I don't have to think about that, but that took planning at some point. So there's the point of the flow experience of the just going through the day, going through the motions. And most of that, I think for a lot of us, or at least parts of the day for that, are on autopilot. We've got a system, we've got our plan, we've got a routine, and uh, we get into that groove. And so, you know, each of us has different jobs and things that we do through the day. So it may be different for you. You may have a completely chaotic day every day you wake up and no two days are the same, right? Well, are there bigger cycles you could recognize, bigger patterns, weeks? Maybe it's months. Maybe it's years. Maybe you have certain things like, okay, well, six months of the year I'm out here doing this thing, and then the other six months of the year I'm out doing this other thing. And uh, so you have these bigger cycles that you could tap into. As we talk about the meta flow, the bigger cycles of flow, uh, this may be a lifetime of work of these kind of bigger cycles, right? It may, be, it may extend lifetimes if you're into that whole thing, right? If you're into that kind of awareness where like, hey, there seems to be a pattern in multiple lives. I seem to be doing this similar line of work or this similar kind of situations. I have these similar kind of relationships. I've, you know, our relationship after relationship seems to be the same kind of pattern right? How can we break it or how can we adjust it? Well, those bigger patterns are also reflections of smaller patterns in my experience in many cases. So like, okay, well, I have this same relationship over and over with this one, you know, kind of person. Like we, I end up finding or meeting the same kind of person and we you know, have the same kind of relationship and we run in these same patterns that I have in all my relationships, let's say. And, uh, well, why is that? What part of myself is ref- is attracting that in somebody else? And if I acted a different way, would I still have that same kind of pattern? No, because the pattern would be broken, right? It would be some other pattern. Now, could I fall back into the old pattern? Of course, right? Because the longer the more entrenched it is in my being, in my re, uh, my automatic reactions, my habits, my unconscious habits, uh, the more naturally it's going to fall back into that old pattern. And I'm going to attract that same kind of person that also falls into that pattern. So if I want change, I have to recognize first that I'm in that pattern and then be able to start to maybe find a new model, find somebody that acts differently in a relationship, see how they do it, see what they say, see what kind of activities they do on a daily basis and maybe start to model some of those so that I can start to have some of the same experiences that that model is having. So when we look at business models, for instance, we look at successful people and we start to say, okay, well, what do they do on a daily basis that makes them, uh, you know, have the success that they have? Well, there's this saying, success leaves clues. So what are these successful people doing? Well, in my experience studying successful people, many of them read, they read every day. Many of them report reading an hour a day or more. Well, why is that so important? Because they're adding new information. They're gaining huge leverage 
Now, let's say somebody spent a year writing a book. They put all their knowledge on this specific topic into a book that you could consume in, let's say, 10 hours. So now all the best and most important information that somebody else has spent a whole year accumulating, you can now accumulate in 10 hours. That's some massive leverage, right? You just saved yourself, you know, maybe that takes you a week or a couple weeks to read or maybe a month or whatever. Still, that just saved you 11 months of your life gaining that experience. If you were reading um, a book a week or a book every couple weeks, you could be gaining years of knowledge in uh, every year, right? So that's leverage. And that is something that successful people do, right? They're using leverage. And they are um, always learning. So these kind of habits, these kind of things, this planning for flow is being aware of these opportunities to find leverage, to find the things that are going to create a flowing experience for you and then consciously planning the work that it takes to make those things happen automatically or in your daily routine so that they become natural and they be, you can do them even without thinking. So that's where the planning part comes in. So it's kind of this one part, okay, here's where I want to have flow. Here's where I can improve my daily routine to put me toward this goal or this path or this thing that I want. And then, okay, now that I've done that, now I get to go through the actual experience of flowing through that thing. Does that make sense? So it's kind of this, there's the daily routine flow aspect of it, of actually being in the moment, of going through the motions, of living day to day. And then there's the planning of, okay, what do I want my days to look like? Where am I dropping the ball? Where am I crushing it? And how would I tweak it to make it more in line with what I want for the big picture? That's kind of the idea of planning for flow. There's a lot of different ways to do it. There's a lot of different tools, planners, all these different things. I've mentioned a few of them in this episode. I'm going to encourage you to check out the Find Your Flow shop. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash shop. And uh, there's all sorts of great programs. If you go to this particular podcast episode, Planning for Flow, then I will probably put some kind of awesome offer for you in the show notes. So go check it out. And... Uh, pick up a copy of whatever cool thing I put in there, probably be uh, either Three Steps to Flow or the Flow Program, because both those talk more in depth about how to go about doing this, like the actual logistics of planning these things out and making it happen. So that way you can live a more flowing and awesome life, friends. So that's it for today. I hope you plan yourself a flowing little day in all your awesomeness and flowingness. So go out there and be awesome. And until next time, my friend, be flowing.